Ladies and gentlemen, this is Southside Rabbi, and we are back. I got my homie KB. He is piping in digitally right now. You feel me? Back of the bus ministries. Back of the bus ministries. Rosa Parks ministries. You, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Me. But we go to the front of the bus whenever we like. For real. You know what I'm saying? Because she made it possible. Since Rosa Parks sat at the front of the bus, we tour with entire buses now. You feel yeah, what you, I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? In, in, in honor and dedication to what she did, now we got our own buses. To her. You feel me? So you already Shout know, out to man. Rosa, Black History Month, baby. You already know it's Black History Month. You know what it is. I'm here with the illustrious Kevin Elijah Smooth and Groove Burgess. Don't leave your Bible around him. Truth theologian for real. Ask any Christian you know for real. Listen, when KB gets to heaven, ladies and gentlemen, Come on to your butts. Paul the Apostle is going to walk up to him and say, I do not know why the Lord chose me to write 80% of the New Testament when someone like you was created. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. You wow. You should boy. have been writing a letter to the Ephesians. You should have you should have been writing first and second Corinthians. I don't know why. I don't wow. even know why my 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 hand and my fingers and my wrist was used to pin this when wow. you are here. You know? Wow. You were you 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 were studying my letters, but I was in the heavens peering down at what you was doing. Oh. <laughs> is 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 what Paul is gonna say to this man. Moses is gonna say to this wow, man, boy. listen, my brother, I have seen the Red Sea get parted. No. You know, I, I have seen this. the Lord come to me and, and speak to me in a burning bush. <laughs> but I have not seen the Lord move with the, with the kind of power and conviction that he has moved with in your life. That's wow. what Moses is going to say to this man. You please stop it. Okay. I'm talking about, y'all know who I'm talking about. Even through, even, listen, I'm talking about a man that even digitally will get you together. He don't have to he, he don't have to be next to me for me to feel the power. The wow. anointing that is on this man is coming in over the Wi-Fi or as we call it Wi-Fi airwaves. The the, the Wi-Fi's. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about ministries. Again, I'm talking about Kevin Elijah Burgess. Do not play with him. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just hey, joking. Man. I'm just saying stuff. Thank you. Thank you mean. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to, before we get started, just take one small moment mm -hmm. as I have been routinely embarrassed on this podcast by, I means, acumen, his aptitude, <laughs> his capacity. When I reflect on what it means to be friends with I mean, two words come to, come to mind. One is gratitude that I've gotten the chance to know such a man <laughs> of such caliber. And oh, the second man. is shame. <laughs> it's shame because I know that through all the greatest efforts that I have made to improve myself, I've, I've, I've jogged, I've, I've, I've eaten healthy, I've woken up early, 5 a.m., taking communion, me and Jesus, butt naked, in my prayer closet. All right, I have went into the belly of the beast, my friend. I've been in lion's den trying to, to know what it means to trust Jesus that I might know nothing but him. 
Christ and him crucified, I've given my all to this. To the when, when the Bible says in Hebrews that you have not resisted sin to the point of shedding blood, I struggle with that verse. Hold up. Because I have resisted, I've resisted sin in absolute agony to the point where blood has oh. he, hematidrosis. Oh, no, no, like no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you did Oh, my gosh. This, this is KB. This is the legs. KB just jumped off. I that know. Listen, and I know that all of that does not hold a candle to the kind of devotion, to the kind of passion, to the kind of commitment that exists in I Mean the Dream Hudson. Let me tell you something. I used to read the biographies of great men like Charles Spurgeon and John Brown, Frederick Douglass, uh, Martin Luther King, bearing the cross. I've read these men's biographies and I've struggled to be in awe. <laughs> My ability to be in awe of men's uh, greatness has been completely damaged by I Mean the Dream Hudson. Oh Every man after him, I have to spell his name in lowercase letters because there should not be on this planet the recollection uh, of anybody's greatness that isn't in reference to the greatness of I Mean the Dream Hudson. That man right there stands as a myth, a message, a mission, a mentality, a movement, a monument. Oh my gosh. Momentum, motivation, Miraculous. Were you papoose with the alphabetical and song? <laughs> <laughs> He's in M's now. Y'all do me a favor and make some noise for I mean the dream, Hudson. Thank you. My best friend, partner in crime, and the greatest man that's ever lived. All right? Thank you, my brother. Listen, you may have gotten me this time, kids. But next time. <laughs> You got me this time. I got dog. in my bag. You got it. I had yeah. to get in my bag this morning. You did. So I am on tour right now, as you can see, mm -hmm. back of the bus ministries. Um, a lot of beautiful things have happened in the back of this bus in terms of the studio. I got to be qualifying with that as a rapper. Um, <laughs> I understand rappers do a lot of bad things on their buses. There ain't none of that happening on this bus. But I actually recorded in the back of, uh, of my tour bus my song, No Chains, which is one of my oh. the biggest songs that I've ever uh, come out with okay. uh, and uh, yes and I've actually done since I've been on tour like five different records all back here but anyways listen we gonna honor Jesus and the music we gonna get the podcast popping cause one tour ain't gonna stop no show you feel what I'm saying listen I tell you I tell you that right now what KB is saying shows that not only sin and debauchery goes on in the back of a bus <laughs> but it can also be Holy Ghost filled ministry going on in the back of us as yes. well ho ho ho, ho. sit in the box listen definitely listen my brother pass the show and go <laughs> listen peeking out bro listen pass, don't, bring, don't bring them out <laughs> Listen, Pastor Show and go and come back out on you. Listen, the only thing that go down in the back of the bus is not just sin and debauchery. It's not, it's, it's you know, not, it's not people back there shaking and quaking. You know, that's you not the only thing that go on in the back of a uh, in the back of a bus now. Now I know that y'all be see these rappers out here riding these buses and bringing all these uh, young girls in the back of these buses and 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 and, 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 and doing all of this sin and debauchery and going into every club and every juke joint that you that you can see in every state. But there, listen, let me tell you, there's a remnant of people out there, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, that that that, that 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 in the back of the A bus, 
It's Bibles. Uh-huh. And, and the only Bibles. sweating that's being done in the back of their bus is people sweating by praying and beseeching the Lord. Hallelujah. For his power to come down and be used on, in on, his world, ladies and gentlemen. Th- thank you, Pastor Sean Go, because it's a good reminder that everything we should do should have a Jesus flavor to it. Oh, listen. He got to be the a whole Jesus cake. Flavor. He got to be the whole cake. I'm not talking I'm not talking about a piece. I'm talking about the whole cake, the icing, the 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 you, you the, right, Pastor the Sean mixture. Go. That's all I'm saying to you. You don't hear me. See people yes, want to yeah. bake. See people want to bake and don't have the proper ingredients. Say it, brother. Come on. That's what's Come going on. on. You want to make a meal and you don't have the proper ingredients. Come on, come Ladies and on, gentlemen, the, 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 the main ingredient to your meal better be Jesus. He needs to be all up and through there. Amen, brother. In order for Amen. you to be able to prepare a healthy, balanced, nutritious, and also delicious diet. What the scriptures say? Say taste and see. Taste and see that, that the, the Lord, Lord is, is what? Good. You got to sample it. You, got, you, got, right the, you got to sample it because if That's you sample Sam's it, Club. you're going to want some more. That's Sam's Club. That's the what Lord has his own Sam's time. Club. He has his own Sam's Club, his own Costco. But the thing about this Sam's Club and Costco that the Lord has is that once you try him, you're going to buy the whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. You hear what I'm saying? Hey. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, KB. Now, it, it actually hit me It hit me years ago. Uh, me and Trip Lee were on tour, and um, some like publicists or some industry people came onto our bus mm-hmm. and uh, my, my, we had our babies there. So there was like diaper bags and daddy daycare bus, baby bottles, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's, you know, people, books that they read and all this like, yo, what kind of rappers are y'all? You know what I'm saying? Like I, and it didn't dawn on me until someone on the outside saw it. He was like, what's going on here? Like, yo, it's like, it, it I literally, was not intentioned. It just yeah, it was who just we are, living man. life, like, right? Yes, like, and I like I like to think that a part of my conversion was that I I really could not wait to get out the house so I can live the Playboy lifestyle I always dreamed about. I wanted to be in the club every week. I couldn't wait to be. Uh, I was already mad promiscuous with the with the ladies. I couldn't imagine having my own place mm-hmm. and then being able to funneled them through there and I loved the parties. I, I went to, uh, my mom was very strict so I had to sneak around to, to go to, to, to do like, you know, party with friends or whatever. But I, bro, every party I went to felt like a taste of heaven. I was like, <laughs> what could be better than this? Right. So I couldn't wait to be full-fledged out like regularly partying, wilding out. And then I met Jesus, and uh, and, and and most of y'all know my story. I, I was in an extremely dark place, mm-hmm. and um, uh, out the back of a divorce, I had some abuse things in my life as well. Uh, bottom line is, I was spiraling out of control. Where I was imagining what it what it would be like to not be alive anymore. I remember fantasizing about that, and then feeling peace in that in that fantasy, mm. where I'm like, yo. What does it mean to not exist anymore? That feels enticing to me. Mm-hmm. And it was in that space that I met this dude at school, Jeremy Baker. I heard that Jeremy was a Jeremy. rapper. Shout out to Jeremy mm-hmm. Baker. He's still doing his thing to mm-hmm. this day, walking with Jesus. I love it. I heard that Jeremy was a rapper. And I saw Jeremy in the hallway. I walked up to him and asked him if he want to battle me. 
And because, um, you know, I rap a little bit. I saw the movie Eight Miles, so I thought I was a battle rapper. I knew Cassidy was, too. And uh, so he was like, "Now nah, I don't do battle rap. I I rap for, for Jesus. And, dog, I was struck by that because I thought I lived for Jesus. That's what my Black Planet page said. Black <laughs> Planet page. That boy had the Black Planet. Mug. You know we going back if he mentioned Black Planet. That's I know your time, a lot, of, a lot of y'all don't know nothing about Black Planet, and you shouldn't. If you should, <laughs> be glad you don't. Be glad you don't. But uh, Black Planet was basically like Facebook for black students. Anyways, my Black Planet page had I was a Christian on there, but I would never think that Jesus was reorganizing my decisions and what I would and would not do. I didn't even know Jesus existed for that. Message. But Jesus was like, like a a, a rabbit foot hanging from my. Uh, well, Jesus was an accessory, mirror. right? Yeah, for sure. You can like you know. You know, hold hold the rabbit foot and wish for good luck. Right. That's what you do with the Bible and prayers. Anyways, he get, I, I saw Jeremy outside. He said that to me. I was struck by his boldness to say that he was with Jesus, which made me think there must be some more to this Jesus guy. I saw Jeremy weeks later outside eating lunch. He had a CD on the table. The dude on the front cover of the CD uh, had dreadlocks like mine, red bandana going across his forehead, red bandana going across his mouth, and the title of the album was Bloody Streets Volume 1. And... I thought I caught Jeremy. Okay, Jeremy, you're supposed to be this Christian dude, and Jesus is obviously doing something more in your life than everybody else's. How do you explain you listening to this Lil Wayne music? He was like, no, nah, this is Christian rap. Like, there's no way this is Christian rap, bro. This yeah. man literally, it's called Bloody Streets. Man got a red bandana okay. over, his, over his face. He got a red bandana. He looks like he's about to rob me on the cover. them corners. He is banging them corners. <laughs> he's he on them banging corners, them corners. He is banging them corners, cuz. I, I feel like, like no, he's about no, no. to stick me up looking at the co cover. I, I started emptying my pockets. <laughs> Put them on top of the CD. The jewel case. Long story short, I took the CD home. I loved it. It had eight songs on it. The last song was a gospel presentation, mm -hmm. and I believed on Jesus Amen. that day at my grandmother's house. Now, I always have to give this caveat that it wasn't like I was you know, 745 center, 746 saint. Right. Uh, it was definitely a process. And it was a process that I left a lot of room for, for God to show me <clears throat> that it was him doing this. And this just wasn't some moment of inspiration. Right, right, right. Because when life, when life is, when life sucks, bro, and somebody throws a life jacket out there, man, they throw a life raft out there. It's really not about your being transformed into somebody else. It really is you just wanting to escape the situation. Right, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, I wanted the Lord to show me that this wasn't me simply trying to get out of where I am, mm -hmm. but that he was making me somebody that I never was before. Right. That's what I was looking for. Right. One of the ways that Jesus did that in my life, I kid you not, bro, is that he completely erased my desire for clubbing, bro. Mm. Like, killed it bro and i i didn't even get a, bro i'm Dead 16 bro i'm telling you fam i had every opportunity to lose my mind i was living by myself at 17 bro listen i i'm telling y'all okay. this for a fact when kb was 17 this man was living by himself in a condo in clearwater florida yes which, a nice condo too, a nice condo a lot of money at that time yeah fully furnished Cable TV, yes. bright red uh, sports car, and yes. and living for Jesus. Like, I remember being, like, at this time he was discipling me. I was like, bro, I don't even think I could do this, bro. If I had all of this, 
I'm bro, just being honest. Honestly, I, no, that's a good point because honestly, <clears throat> it, it it was like it was like the Lord was showing me, fam. Like I'm I'm going to give you something here that you will never be able to question where it came from. Right. I can't scientifically rationalize that, bro. Right. Like I can't. Like I. I was I was I was 15, 16 years old when this kind of started happening in my life, you know, from the darkness to sal to salvation. I hadn't really got to get out in the world and, and get my, you know, cut yeah. my teeth for real. Right. And everything that I tasted of of freedom and and misogyny yeah. and mm -hmm. promiscuous uh lifestyle and partying and dabbling in drugs was beautiful. Yeah, that right. mug wasn't. It was not at all like, yo, this mug is horrible. Right, right, right. Like I feel icky and guilty. At none of that, bro. I was like, oh, so if this is the the if this is the appetizer, what does it mean, bro, to be able to dive in, right, and full fledged, you know, and a full fledged reality. My, my, I love my mom. She's my hero. She listens to every single episode, so I know mm -hmm. she's gonna hear this. Uh, but I knew I had my mom fooled. Yeah, you know, I, I was turning in. I, I was turning in good grades. Right. Because I, I, I was. I, I had some. I wasn't like a prodigy or a genius or anything like that. But school, at some, at some point, especially like writing, history, remembering things, that came easy to me. Mm -hmm. So I was turning in good grades, and my mom thought that I was Michael the Archangel. <laughs> um, so Ooh. she was willing to fund me. Right. She was willing to fund me. You know, she, my bills were paid. My meals were paid. Mm -hmm. uh, all I had to do was just turn in good grades, and I was good to go. Right. So I, I had that. I had this little contract with moms. I, I was on my way to living that life. I was. I was. I was going to go to FAMU. I had already. Oh, even though man. I had I didn't automatic. Even know, I didn't know I you were going to FAMU, oh, boy. Yeah. You would have came back dead. Bro, <laughs> you would have back in a box. Boy, fam, you would have came back in a box. They would have sent me back. They would have. Yeah, that boy would have came back dead. I would have been like, that would have been R.I.P. I literally had automatic acceptance into any they college came back in the with state 20, of Florida. Kids. All I wanted to do, <laughs> cause fam, you is wild, and you out is it wild out there, bro? Bro, all of my, all, all of, I let, almost everybody yeah. I know except for like two people that went to fam, you came home and was like, bro, what just, what just, bro, just, it ate me alive out there. <laughs> he said, man, imagine Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> I mean, like, take Sodom and Gomorrah, but then bring it into the 21st century. All right? Yeah. That's what it was for me. When we would go do college ministry at Tallahass in Tallahassee. Right. And uh, and we were we were observing what cats were doing. Mm -hmm. Even in that, it was the Lord reminding me again that as I'm walking through this dorm this dormitory and I'm seeing you know, because the names of whoever's in the room is on the outside of the door. So it'd be like mm -hmm. Jeff, David, Kevin. Mm -hmm. And then the next door over is like Stacy, Ashley, Brianna. And I'm like, yo, this would have been my dream. Do you understand Yeah. what I felt like I was waiting my whole life for? Mm -hmm. This would have been it. And uh, And not to say that those that are living in... They they go to FAMU or or yeah, in right. dorm that that inherently is evil. All I'm saying is for KB, that was going to be the absolute consummation of all the evil I had all I had desired my whole life. And let me be crystal clear, that evil was nourishing me. I was not struggling at all mm -hmm. with 
the effects of my sin in terms of this, the, what I was doing that was violating God's law did not feel like violation. It felt like satisfaction. Mm. And the fact that the Lord erased that from my appetite made, it gave me a confidence that to this day just can't yeah. be shook, bro. Amen. It can't be shook. It makes me, it makes me think about the ability for the Lord to transform and change us into new creatures. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, It really right, right. makes me think about um, what Paul says in Romans 6. I'm going to read it right here, beginning at verse 20, when he says, For yeah. when you were slaves of sin, uh, you were free in regards to righteousness, but what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those Woo! things is death, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, right, I, and, I, and right, I'm thinking about what KB is saying, too, in regards of thinking about, like, we look back at some of the stuff that we did and we feel like, man, how could I have done that? Like, you know, right. and God has done such a work in our hearts about when you think about what it says in the scripture regarding um, us being, you know, uh, uh, bought out of death into life and being made into new creatures that the oldest passed away. Right. And behold, you know, you know right. now everything is new. It literally... Right. We see that scripture literally is talking about us being like new people, like a person exists that wasn't here before. Right. You know what I'm saying? That we have right. been redeemed, that now by the Lord's grace, we have been made into the people that he has created us to be. Um, right. And, and, and uh, it's crazy to think about that because I feel the same thing I love it. in some sense happened to me, you know, as I think that it's us now just, just really thinking and meditating upon God's transformation of of lives and i think about even in me right. in, in in my conversion as some of you know in my story that i've told before you know i was i was raised in a church living in sin out there wilding you know just doing whatever i wanted to do you know what i'm saying and and um right. as K kb was rapping i was rapping i was battle rapping too um i was battle rapping cats all the time any chance and that really I get. good at it too <laughs> yeah by the way. and Very and, good. and uh thank you and i was with this group called street kings the leader of that group was my homie named Timmy D. Shout out to Timmy D. I still Timmy see him from D. time to time. KB knows who I'm talking we gotta about. We got to tell that story about Timmy D and us sharing the gospel with him. Go ahead. You know, he was leading that group. Super intelligent dude. He, he was street dude, but he was he's very smart. KB could attest to this. I was in that group, yep. you know, and then again, as some of you already know, I met KB and he ended up telling me, you know, about the gospel and the Lord, the same, the same CD that he heard, the same song that he heard in the end that he um, heard the gospel presentation uh, of and repented. Um, uh, uh, that led to his repentance. It's the same song that he played me. Uh, that I actually Ooh. repented of. Uh, I, I repented of my sins. Uh, too. That's dope. And I so, about that. yeah. That's dope. And 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 to think also, just this, this this just goes to show, um, that God can use anybody, man. Like you, you, you don't know what you actually preaching the gospel is accomplishing. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I think about the the artist that we're talking about and that uh, that we listened to. His name was Minister. You know, um, and he was yeah. out there preaching the gospel for the streets. You know what I'm saying? He came from a life of being a dope boy. You know what I'm saying? He was also a rapper. Um, his conversion story is actually crazy in and of itself. I think it's actually still on YouTube. Um, yeah. If you type in M Y N I S T A and you listen to his testimony, but uh, he was really preaching the gospel for cats that lived in the neighborhoods that we lived in. You know, um, and uh, when we heard that gospel presentation, it was, you know, the, the Lord had softened our heart and, and and just was already convicting us of our sin. 
and uh and it was put in a in a way in which we all could in which we could understand you know what i'm saying we felt like we were hearing the gospel from a dude that came from where we came from right um right. and as i heard that and i repented and then kb started you know discipling me i had some similar things happen with me as well of course i don't have the same exact story as kb did um with like you know the condo and stuff like that um but I, yeah. I I just remember being in high school and there was like this girl that was on the cheerleading team and I was like, yo, man, this girl is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I got to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember there was a situation where I, 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 I think we talk, talked about this on another podcast. This is not bragging and boasting. This is showing you how this is spiritual, bro. That I believe this that this was spiritual. Satan. Like, uh, not the girl, but the situation, how it got set up. I don't know what happened, right. but I ended up be- befriending her. Um, me and my friend, uh, my good friend befriended her and her friend. And it got to the point where literally I was hanging out with her after, after school, we were all still at school hanging around and she literally explicitly, uh, asked to come back to my house to sleep with me. Literally like asked me Uh, and I literally, I remember at, at the time I said to myself, this is Satan. I remember I was like, I am not this good and also there is there is my no, game ain't never been this hard my, <laughs> never, never i remember it, it was like right away like right away as soon as she asked it it was like the holy spirit spoke to me um and it was like this is the enemy um and i knew it like right away and i remember i said no nah, i don't really get i said something like that like that like no nah, i don't really get down like that or something like that um and she was like right. oh yeah that's right you're a christian because she knew i was a christian um, and right. she was like, oh yeah, that's right. Y'all Christians don't do that or something like that. But I remember it was like, I, I got saved, I think in my junior year, or I don't know if it was the beginning or the middle. I can't remember where it was, but I do remember that after I came to know the Lord, I came back to school on fire for the Lord, like talking to everybody about Christ, debating my teachers about right. Christianity in high school, right. just like on fire for the Lord. And I didn't really care about what anybody thought about me. It, it was just a big thing for me because if, if, if I was like a very materialistic person. And so I just like was like going hard for the Lord and didn't care. And, and, and before that, I was like, yo, man, I'm trying to get these girls. I'm trying to get popular. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be like the most popular dude right. in the school. You know what I'm saying? And um, right. after, after I became a believer, um, that actually happened as far as like popularity. My senior year, I was extremely popular, but I didn't know it. Yeah. It was crazy. Like I literally did not see it. Like, I, I did not walk uh, through school thinking of it that way because right. I was just like, yo, I'm just trying to go hard for, for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. And so I was, like, winning all these awards and superlatives, and everybody was wanting, wanting me to run for prom king and stuff like that. And I didn't run for prom king because I was like, nah, man, I'm a Christian. I don't need that vein. You know what I'm saying? But I actually think that I, if I could go back, I would have I did it. But um, yeah. but I didn't at the time because you know I was being overzealous. Like no, I don't, I don't need to be sure, no prom sure. king. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know he. Oh, it's, it's only, only one, king. one king. Right, right. It's, His name's Jesus. <laughs> it's only oh. one king. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Only one crown. It's crazy. You know how God shows you that the transformation is real. You know what I mean? I think yeah, that sometimes yeah. it's good for us to remind ourselves of that because I think that there are times when, especially as you are new to the faith, that God does things that are a little bit more. Um, sensational than when you when you kind of go get, get down the road. Not saying that God doesn't do sensational yeah. things now, but I'm saying that I think right. that a lot of the times my theory is that God does a lot of sensational things in the beginning to confirm his 
the the yes. the veracity of his word and who he is. Um, you know what I mean? It's almost like God is doing miracles, you know, like it's almost like what you see in the gospels of him, you know, healing the sick and giving sight back to the blind. It's like those kind of things are happening in our lives early on to establish the truth of what is being said and the truth of who I am. I feel like, and, 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 and then as life goes on, you have to kind of remember down the line what God did in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? I think about that even like with Paul, like, or with Peter, like there was so many things sure. that they saw, you know, like that were super miraculous. I think down the road it wasn't as miraculous, right? Like right. I like 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 it's I mean it's always miraculous in a sense when people are, are when dead people are coming alive and believing on Jesus. But I'm saying like it, I think that a lot of the sensationalism, uh the the sensational things were not as uh were not as front and center as they were when like Peter and them were walking with Christ like physically exactly and 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 yeah, what yeah. i think had to they had to do and i think even what folks like i think even what Paul like it, it it's like Paul you know uh, you know gets this vision from the lord he gets he 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 repents turns away from his sins you know and and you know he sees God do a lot of miraculous things after that but it's not like you know Paul had all of these super all of these visions like what happened in the beginning after that I mean what Paul suffered after that was uh stoning persecution shipwreck yeah. all of the yeah. things that would kind yes. of work against Paul's faith to say what you actually experienced was not real you know what I'm saying what mm. what you've actually experienced was probably just a figment of your imagination I mean look you're in come jail on, come on, me. you know what I'm saying uh yes, you, put, you just got together you yeah you got stoned to the point that they li- literally had to, it was so bad that they thought you were dead so they just kind of walked mm. away you know what I'm saying you you were mm. forsaken by folks that you thought were on the mission the gospel mission with you um you know Marcus uh, yeah right <laughs> Demarcus um uh you 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 uh, you've encountered, you know, opposition from false prophets. You know, you've encountered those who are using the gospel to actually try to hurt you, um, and then they're also uh, uh, doing it for their own glory. Um, you know, right. uh, all, all of the you're dealing with the stress of juggling all of the things that's happening in these churches. What you know, what's going on right. in, in Corinth, and then what you know, and all of the things that will work against you know, telling Paul that his experience with Christ was actually not an experience; it was just some kind of fad. Right. And I think that for all of us, we have to go back and we have to remember the times that God has confirmed to us the realness of who yes. he is. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I, and this yes, is me yes. preaching to myself now, you know, especially in the midst of a time yeah. right now where a lot of people are, there's a lot of deconstruction happening. A lot of folks are reexamining right, right, right. what's going on with the, with, 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 uh, the right, faith, the kind right. of Christianity that they've held dear for so long. There are folks that are they're, right. uh, apostatizing. I, I, I think that it's a time for us to be reflective and say, man, Lord, please, not only confirm yourself to me once again, but help me remember the, 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 the times that you have yes. made it very real to me that you are real and that this Bible that I have is real. The reality of who you are and of, of the spiritual reality that we're living in is something that is true. Um, because yes. a lot of the, the it's beautiful, ph- yeah, a lot of the philosophy of the world can get on top of that. A lot of the cares of your life can get upon. Well, especially I, I've 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 figured I've seen that as I've gotten older that the cares of of this world and the responsibilities that I have in life can start taking away some of that awe of Christ too. Like the waking up and got to pay bills every day, having to go to work, thinking about what you know how you know thinking about buying a home, thinking about like, wait, that stuff could start trying to move, can push Jesus out of your heart a bit. It can try, it can kind of start, start, those things can actually start trying to occupy the throne of your heart instead of Christ. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, And Mm. and, and then you find yourself spending all of your time trying to get those things done 
um, and, right. and and thinking about how you can much better, you know, capitalize on those things than your own relationship with Christ. But go ahead, KB. I'm sorry, I've been talking a long time. No, 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 no. That's good. That's good. Uh, as you were talking, it reminded me of Psalm seventy-seven, eleven, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, that says, "I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago." Amen. Is that God intentionally? Thank you, Lord. Flexes for us when we meet Him, and and I'm so, mm. I, I I am so encouraged that He sees, um. Like what Jesus said, uh, it's good that you saw and believed, but 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 it's even more of a blessing for those who believe and who have not seen. Right, amen. Yet Jesus in conversion gives us really the best of both worlds, fam, mm-hmm. that in some respects we're able to see. You cannot take away what I know God has done. I saw him do the work, and I ain't talking yeah. about, listen, I, there's something powerful about a hand growing back or somebody being dead and, and being resurrected or somebody having cancer on a scan and then going back after prayer and the cancer is gone. Those things are powerful, fam. Mm-hmm. They're powerful. But I'll tell you what, every with every action of God, there is a reaction that shows up in worldly rationale mm-hmm. where you can say, well, you know, it could have been, or how do you know, or was you know what I'm saying? Right, what right. I find what I find a lot harder for people to bring in worldly rationale to is when people are transformed into something that they weren't before. Mm. Meaning, I'll put it to you like this: out of every award that I've received, out of every supporter that has said that has has given me affirmation, I have never been praised in a more significant way than the praise that has come from my mom and my wife. Mm. My mom and my wife live with me, fam. Amen. And my mom has lived with me for a long time. <laughs> she, she raised yeah. me. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And to have them live with me and say, he is my favorite preacher. They say that, 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 that there is not a Christian leader in the world that either of them would respect more than me. Mm. That is the highest compliment that I have because you know what, fam? It attests to what only God has done. I am not the same dude that I was before I met Jesus. Mm -hmm. Full stop, my guy. In this season of great confusion and many people falling away and as we're weighing the ways in which, you know, our faith has been challenged. Mm Mm-hmm. What, of course, we are not immune to that. Right. We ask some serious questions, fam, about what is Christianity? What is this banner that I'm waving around mm-hmm. from stage to stage and church to church and concert to concert? What is this banner? What do y'all think when I say that I'm a Christian? We've talked about deconstruction on this podcast. We will continue to talk about it. Right. We maintain that deconstruction can be a positive thing. Absolutely. If you are deconstructing the things that are impure out of your faith. Right. This is what we would put it next to what Frederick Douglass says, that the way that Frederick Douglass was able to live under a quote-unquote Christian master Mm -hmm. who would beat him, right, and then go lead devotionals, Mm -hmm. the way that he could see the massive misuse 
of the gospel as distinct from right. his actual faith in Christ. The way he did that was through a kind of deconstruction. Right, him. right. Between the Christianity of the land and Christianity of the Bible. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. And it's you can't read his writings without knowing that he was able to unwed or deconstruct the things that were given to the 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 account of Christianity in the land or Christianity as a name, mm -hmm. as an institution, things were being credited to that account that were fraudulent. Right. Like the the like the behavior of most of the church in America. Right. North and South. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the biography of John Brown right now, and, and, and Du Bois points out how the Puritan legacy and Puritans themselves were a massive opposition to the work of John Brown. Mm, yes. It's crazy that we don't know who John Brown is. He was an abolitionist white man who was a Christian, grew up Calvinist, actually. His father was a Calvinist. He was friends with uh, Frederick Douglass. <laughs> At times, Frederick right. Douglass actually thought he was a little extreme. Um, yep. and, uh, Douglas pushed back. He would push back on Frederick Douglass. Yep. Too. Yep. He would push back on Frederick Douglass too. And W.E.B. Du Bois wrote a biography about John Brown. That is what KB is reading. So put that in your yes, pipe and smoke. Thank it. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Meezy. Yeah, thank go you, ahead. Brother. Uh, but man, John, John Brown, uh, Du Bois is pointing out the, the ways in which John, even those who thought that slavery was wrong still weren't willing to worship in churches where black people sat in the same places that white people sat. So John Brown went to a mini meeting, walked in. He was supposed to be the keynote speaker and saw all the black folks being set in the back mm -hmm. and, 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 and would grab black folks by like their arm. No, no, no. Come up to in tears. No, we, 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 we can't do this. He literally said that he had no great, he had nothing better to do with his life than to fight for the freedom of the Negro. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that fight was happening in the church in the North because though they weren't ab though they weren't pushing slavery proper, they were still children of white supremacy. Absolutely. So they, they still they, had a lot of institutions so based issue. upon white supremacy and slavery. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, they didn't want those yes, institutions yes, to yes, go down. Yes. I have friends that respond to the deconstruction movement with gracelessness, okay? Yeah. And also no sense of camaraderie on any level. So mm -hmm. it's like, why are you struggling at all? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? What, what, I don't understand what's the point of you, you know, talking about you having to re, uh, reassess things? Like, well, how do you get there? Because I, I'm just over here cooling with Jesus. That's not, that's not been the case. We've had questions, challenges, doubts. One of them, this is why I bring up this story, mm -hmm. is that I'm not comfortable naming the name of Jesus and not clarifying that my Jesus is much different from yours. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not comfortable. And we've done that for a long time. We go to conferences. We we read books from vanguards of evangelicalism. We support them. We recommend them. And we think we're all saying the same thing, and we're not. Mm, and the yeah. more, the more things like the death of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, and now this more recent situation. Uh, Amir Locke. Yeah. Um, uh, with 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 Amir Locke. 
and Christians show up to the conversation utterly confused why anybody's bothered. They, 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 they don't see anything but secularism, even though at the same time, most of their beliefs are through a conservative uh, worldview that is generated by people that don't know Jesus. Hey, right. free smoke, free smoke, hey. But so, and they don't, I, I had a friend of mine, with all due respect to him, who is uh, kind of one of the anti-woke guys, and was, when I was talking to him yesterday, and he was explaining to me how, you know, he's concerned about those of us who don't have a problem with the phrase social justice and, 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 and see merit in, in uh, parsing through the issues of racialization in America that our worldview is, is uh, secular, especially when it comes to race. Because whenever we start talking about stuff like, like the, the advantage of whiteness and Christians here, white Christians hear that and they say, yo, you're trying to say that I'm in sin because I'm white? And we're saying, no, 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 nobody is saying that. Well, it sounds like you're saying that because you're saying that I'm complicit in a system that is racist. It said, but bro, that's not the same thing as saying that you, white man, are in sin because you are white. Mm -hmm. It's two different things. And I was explaining to him, what you're doing is you're thinking about it theologically, where it's very binary, where it's like that racism is wrong. If I'm a com complicit with anything that is racist, then I am by necessarily inherently in sin. It's black and white. But I said, that's not how Ibram Kendi and Robin D'Angelo and folks in critical race theory are talking about it. Right. They believe that you can be a well-meaning, good person, a good white man, good white woman, be complicit in a system that favors whiteness because you are white. Right. And that does not mean that you, by definition, are a racist. Absolutely. That, that's not how they think about it. Even if you can find folks that would say things like, oh, like everyone's a racist, they mm -hmm. still don't mean it in the same way that you're thinking about it in terms of your accountability before God, meaning living in sin. Right. They're not thinking about it in those terms. And he said to me, well... I'm not going to readjust my theology or for 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 their worldview. How I think about it is wrong is wrong, you know, so you know, and sin is sin, blah blah blah. I said touche. But brother, you have to recognize that you are forcing your thought process on their definitions and then you redefine what they're saying right. and then start writing blogs and doing podcasts about it. Right. They are not saying that you are in sin because you are white. You want to believe that. But that's not what anyone is saying. Right. And then the same brother later on that day texts me uh, this excerpt from excerpts from his, his book that he's reading on anti-wokeness by a liberal atheist. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, yep. well, 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 hold on. That's how it works. We're naming the same Jesus. I asked this, uh, th this brother last night. Do you think that? Our concerns are at all. I'm talking about when I say concerns, I'm not just talking about police brutality, fam. Right. I'm talking about this, this is going to really upset me. So let me let me calm down a little bit. I'm talking about the things that your social location creates that would make you want to turn your back on Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about those things because the discipleship in a lot of ways is us trying to sure your faith in Christ. We're trying to strengthen it. We're trying to energize it. We're trying to inspire it. We're trying to motivate it. We're trying to solidify it. That's what we do in discipleship. So if for most men, there's the blanket issue of lust, we do a lot of deal, do, do a lot of stuff dealing with that. But it's not just that. If I've been sexually assaulted, if I've been sexually accosted, mm -hmm. if I have been 
poor my whole life. I've malnutrition issues going on. Right. If I have, uh, there's all kinds of things that would lead you to ask questions specific to your situation that you need answers from God on. If someone grew up in Yemen, right? They grew up in Yemen, seeing American soldiers drop bombs on them and 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 then praying that God would give them victory in right. the murder of, of the Yemen family. Right. And here we are at the White House doing prayer vet breakfasts and talking about God's blessing on us and him giving us victory. And, and if I'm in Yemen and I see your God and his blessing, you're bombing my family, I'm going to have some questions that may be different than you sitting at Trinity College wondering if inerrancy is actually true or not, or right. there's some issues with the translation, so on and so forth. We got to, we have a different set of questions because we have a different set of obstacles to the, in terms of things that would stop us from believing in Jesus. And what I'm saying is as a, as a, as a brother who serves the working class, right? Whose heart is for the working class. A lot of the questions that, that, that are being asked from my people are not the same questions that are being asked by the majority of those in the reformed space. Like, for right. example, we had a brother come over to the house. Me and Amin had no idea this dude was literally about to walk, walk away from Jesus. Had no idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We thought we were just having a conversation. We talked to him for three hours. He was asking so many questions, bro. And I still didn't have the sense to think, is he struggling with his faith? or? But we just answered the questions as passionately as we knew how. The Holy Spirit was with us that night. By God's grace, he told us months later that that conversation was a part of what saved his soul, that mm -hmm. he was out the door. That's what brought him back. But let me give you one of the questions he asked us. He said, given his framework, the way that he's understood Christianity to unfold in redemptive history is that Europe essentially led the charge mm -hmm. of discipling the world. It was the Europeans, in a lot of ways, that understood the gospel. This, at least this is the narrative. They understood the gospel. Many of them across Europe saw Christianity as standard. That's the, our religion. But anyways, he asked us, does that not mean that heaven is going to be mainly filled with white people? Mm. That's what he said. And, 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 I, and I mentioned this to somebody yesterday, and I couldn't, I didn't know for sure. But I think he thought the question was ridiculous. <laughs> Why would anybody even ask something like that? You know, like, like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I asked this dude, has anybody ever asked you this question before? I also felt there was a sense of, if it was filled so with what? white people, right? What does that matter? If that's who believed, that's who believed. I don't understand what the issue is here, and I'm like, that's the, that's precisely the problem. Before Europe existed as a as a as an entity, right. Christianity was thriving in the Middle East and in Africa. So first of all, it's false. We we have no what God is doing all through through the global South is crazy. What He's been doing through the the the, uh, the East Asia, what He's been doing all over the world, you have no idea. But you think America is the center of the universe, so all you know is what God has done through America. But it doesn't bother you that people coming from these spaces. And listening to your narrative of Christianity, which is highly European, and then they're thinking about their lost brothers and sisters, and what does that mean in terms of God's justice? Right. Has God favored the white race as we were taught for centuries? <laughs> Message. Right.
that he that's who he wants to be in fellowship with him in heaven. And therefore, black people are really asking themselves, are we, as Franz Fanon said, the wretched of the earth? Right. <laughs> he wasn't saying that we are as much as that's how we're treated. Right. The question becomes, where is your God for us? Right. And then to have people we look up to deny the the, the deny that that this has been the legacy that has followed their their traditions, but has followed their uh their, their theological persuasions and camps. They don't that the tradition has been oppression and subjugation. That's a part of their story. They deny that, and they also deny that the things that we wish that our brothers and sisters in the antebellum South would have been fighting for my white brothers and sisters, that there are vestiges and expressions of that in current day that they should be fighting for now and they're not fighting for. Right. That puts us in a weird situation where it's like, can I believe in a God who has only been interested in saving white people? Fam. That's not a question that that most of these of these men and women in the evangelical space, many of them I have a lot of respect for. That's not even a question they would think to deal with. But you know what they will deal with is atheism. They will talk over. They will give you conference after conference, book after book, mm -hmm. apologist meeting after apologist meeting, debate after debate on evolution. Right. Plenty of talk about that, but there isn't not there is not a lot of talk about the specific ways in which our social location, our racial location, has created a kind of hostility right. between us and those who are telling us about Jesus. Yep. And, it, and, and it's and not it, even acknowledged. And they blame us for the hostility. They say that the only hostility that's here is you all causing division with all your talks about whiteness and talks about race. Right, 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 that you right, right, are right. causing the hostility, and it's and, it, and it's insane. Like it's also like what you said too about um, when you were saying it's not even a question that they would think to ask, because I, I, it's not hard to understand that the majority is always usually blind to the issues of the minority. That's why. That's, that's why we. That's why we have. Forever. Yeah, that's why we have the maxim that says majority what rules. That's why wow, the majority wow, rules, wow. because the majority usually right. only favor themselves. And, and, and they do it. In, right. and, then, and then also the majority create a society in which themselves being favored is the norm. So now as you're being raised under this norm, you don't even recognize that you are a part of the majority that's being favored. You don't. And, 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 and right. we do it all the time. Like, literally, there's different situations in which us as human beings are in all of the time in which we are the majority. We don't recognize how much we are favored. It could be a situation right. with, with class. It could be a situation with height. If you are walking around, like, as an average height person, like, I'm 5'9". Right. I'm 5'9". That's right. average height for a man in America. I do not think a lot about what it means to be 5'4 as a man in America, grown. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I, uh -huh. you, you don't. <laughs> you don't think about their yes. struggles. You don't think about the kind of uh, lack of, uh, I'm just being honest, because we, if, we, if, we are, if we are going to say that we do not have some type of social understanding or social realities and norms around height, we would be lying to ourselves. We, we absolutely do. Absolutely.
Absolutely do. Right, if right, you right. if you are an average heighted man and you met a man that was five two, and he was grown, you would notice it. You 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 may not yeah. really think about anything, but you'll be like, oh, he's short. He's kind of short. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when yeah. and, and then and then when short people get mad, it looks different than when tall people get mad. You take them less yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take there's a right, whole right. lot of different there's a whole lot of, of of struggles that come with being a person that may be five one, five two, or you know what I'm saying, or a, a person that may have some type of syndrome, you know, in which they're even smaller than that. But because right, right, the majority right, right, right. don't, you don't even think about them. And and, and what cause what doesn't cross your mind because you are a part of the majority. And a lot of the times the majority right. is blind to the causes and issues of the minority. And and and, and what right. helps you not be blind to it is number is, is either you know someone who is who who has like let's say they have a condition when they're where where they're very short, right? And so you right. are faced with their struggles all the time because they're a person that you do life with. So now that has opened up your eyes to the things that's actually happening in their, happening in their everyday life. Or the other way is for their uh, their struggles to always be highlighted on television, on uh, in the news, uh, in your in your right. educational institutions, in your churches. Right. And what is actually happening is the same thing is happening with whiteness. And 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 right, and right, what right. we what folks do not understand, I talked about this with the CRT issue, where you have parents that are in schools that are that you know that are talking about oh all of these schools are trying to teach my kids about racism or teach my kids about whiteness and what and what what a lot of parents when you boil down to what a lot of parents are really complaining about, especially here in Florida in regards to like the, the, yeah. the what they're saying CRT is being taught in schools, which is actually not CRT that's being taught, but either way right. that it, it, it what it boils down to is that they are teaching my kid to feel guilty for being white and they don't want that to be the case now number one nobody is making your child feel guilty for being white the the the, the right, what right, is right. being taught is not hey if you are european you you are inherently racist and evil and that's what the parents are saying they're saying that you know if you're white you're inherently racist that's not what is being said if i could say this real quick i want you to finish that thought and the other thing too is that particularly dealing with uh, the fact that majority rules, is that when I was in school, when I read about myself in the history books, mm, I, I knew it. about a few dudes that had some some uh, inventions, you right. know, like peanut butter, mm -hmm. uh, Rosa Lights. Parks, yep. mm -hmm. and, 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 uh, and Martin Luther King. Outside of that, the main way I understood my role in history was as a slave. And even the language... That what that was written in all of our textbooks, and it's now just changing. As up to uh, like a few years ago, we were called slaves from Africa. We were not called Africans that were made slaves. You see what I'm saying? So, so like literally, that we our identity as a class was slavery. Slavery and subjugation. Notice that Black History Month. Is is only postured in struggle, though. Right. Even the individuals that you hear about, it's them fighting against somebody. But it's not white people. Mm -hmm. They're not fighting against white people, but they're fighting right. against some some weird invisible presence was out there stopping black people from being able to have their full full humanity recognized. Mm -hmm. But but nobody feel like that has anything to do with America as much as just some strange, <laughs> uh, ambiguous. Little, Lapse, right. ambiguous lapse in judgment, but it's always in the context of them fighting this invisible 
this invisible boogeyman. It's all in the context of struggle. There isn't any talk about people who are thriving. We don't. Black History Month doesn't focus on individuals who have started Fortune 500 uh, <laughs> companies or or right. running Fortune 500 companies or or, or individuals who are uh, uh, leading their fields today. Right. It, it really is just a looking back at the struggle. So discomfort is all most minorities know no, but th- but th- in, uh, in conversation about race. That's Go what ahead. I was going to say when I said that you have parents that are, well, you have white parents that are saying, you know, my child is feeling that they're being, that essentially what they're saying is that my child is being made to feel uncomfortable for being white. That's what they're saying. All yeah. of these teachings yeah. are teaching my child to feel guilty for being white and it's making them uncomfortable. It definitely makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it so it needs to stop, right? And they'll say there's exercises that are being done in these schools where they let all of the black people talk but not they don't let any of the white people talk. Or And they start pointing out all these exercises in which white kids are excluded for their whiteness. Right. And they're saying these are the things that are being taught. These exercises are being taught in school. And that is what is wrong. And I was like, Jennifer, your child is doing a 10 minute exercise where he can't talk because of the color of his skin. And that is all of a sudden the problem. What I mean by that is your child cannot feel discomfort for the color of their skin for a small 10 minute exercise. It's an exercise. This yes. is not we're not saying that here's how we're going to run things moving forward, guys. Right. This is all the white people need to shut up. Right, exactly. We're pointing this out as an exercise, right? And so your your child is feeling all of this discomfort from an exercise. Yet you have black children that have felt this kind of discomfort every day. You're so listen, your child is being made the minority for 10 minutes. Think about that. Your child finally gets to experience what it feels like to be a minority for a 10-minute exercise. And that makes you so uncomfortable that you have to go to the school board meeting and say, this needs to stop. And and, Mm. and that very position shows you how majority rules. Because you don't think about how the the fact that black kids in your child's school feel like that all the time. Think about that. Your child has to feel like that for 10 minutes, and it's a problem. Black kids, they live this every day. You understand that Jerome that is going to your child's school is a minority, right? You understand that the Jerome that is going to your child's school doesn't look like the majority of the other kids at your school. His hair texture is not like the majority of other kids at his school. You, you, you do recognize that, right? That even some of his, the family background that he may have may not even be the same. You, you, you recognize that Jerome doesn't see himself the, the majority of time in that school. And so yes. I feel like what happens is that they are proving the very thing that a lot of critical race theorists actually say about whiteness. Is that whiteness right, right, is right, right, right. a false construct that benefits white folks and that they embrace as a type of and I'm going to say this I know some evangelicals are going to be mad property and they don't and they don't even recognize that it happens because as soon yes, as yes, the yes. property is pointed out or some of the some of the power of it is being taken away it turns into a problem and not only that but one of the all other things that they have to ask themselves is is why is whiteness so synonymous with who you are as a person 
when you would recognize that yes, whiteness it, is a construct. You say it to us all the time. Brother, whiteness and race is I, a construct. Yet when people are talking about whiteness, it feels like they're talking about you as a person or your child as a person. Yes, Why? Brother, because you associate yes. whiteness with you. You are you have bought into it. If you hadn't, then you would be like, oh, well, yeah, of course my child should learn about the, the false construct of whiteness being dismantled and it should be dismantled in their own mind, too. It's a racial construct that's not Literally, real. The, and it's the invention of, of atheists, right. racist philosophers. Right. Right. And really, just to, to not miss the point here, this is what I'm saying, that it became challenging for a lot of us mm -hmm. to know that people that we loved and respected are struggling with something that seems to be a no-brainer. Right. And, 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 and let me tell you how much of a no-brainer I, I think it is. We all know that, that, that there is not many races in the scripture in terms of color of people's skin, mm -hmm. right? Right. There are races in the Bible, but they're not based off skin color. Yeah. It's like the Bible, geography, religion. Right, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Bible doesn't have a modern, uh, uh, a, a modern understanding of race like we understand it because our understanding of race was created. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Outside uh, of the scriptures. I think it was Peter... I think it was Peter that said that we are a chosen race. race. Right. Uh, but but that's talking about us being a royal priesthood. Right. Uh, and again, that's spiritual. Right. But in terms of people being identified according to phenotypes and freaking... Mm -hmm. um, Skin color pigmentation. Um, the, the, the pigmentation, that is... That that is outside of the, the I mean that's ah biblical it's 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 unbiblical mm -hmm. and what we do have is one race in the human race that, that, that's, right. that's there in scripture we all agree on that so that means that every single every single expression that wants to identify people in a ontological way according to the color of their skin is 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 dumb right and, and everyone recognizes it right. We, we see how much damage it has done. It hasn't helped us at all. It's, it's, it's hurt everyone. Right. So when we address whiteness, we are addressing it in, in that all of us, that name the name of Jesus, no matter what race you are a part of in the modern sense, all of us have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. and, and let me tell you, how, again, how much of a no-brainer, I, I assume that this would be, okay, yeah, like we would definitely want to turn that down. Black Christians, such as myself, spent years, bro. We spent years saying to the point where many of us, including me, felt like we took it too far. We spent years making our blackness secondary. Right. We'll cut, but before before any of this happened, we were talking about how our brothers and sisters are of of of, of every tribe and every tongue. Uh, we were talking about the ways that we grew up in very homogenous centers in the hood. How that is not okay. Mm -hmm. That we love our white we love our white brothers and our white and we have people in our families that that hate white folks. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like like we. We, we were instructed, fam, to live our lives in a way that was inclusive where we would not lead with our blackness, right. but have our blackness as something that came subject to the blood of Jesus and the family that his blood creates, right. which has all sorts of people. We were doing that way before Trayvon, before there was conversation about Trayvon Martin. Right. 
We would, we, would, we would talk like that. Like I said, some of us took it too far. I think I did. I think I took it too far sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Well, I felt like my blackness was, was well, I was comfortable with it being erased. Right. Which is a problem. Right. But for me, it was like, man, for the sake of Jesus, like, like, I, I, like if, 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 when I mean by my blackness being erased, I mean, like, if the homies are saying, as a people, we don't kick it with them. No. I'm not that black. Right. Like, like I'm not I'm not so black that I that, that there's things that, that that are culturally attributed to blackness that I would allow become an obstacle to what is the kingdom experience. Amen. So I'm like, so so I come to we come to the table with a willingness to say, let's set blackness aside. And cats were shocked that not only was there an inability to set whiteness aside. There was also an inability to recognize that whiteness exists. <laughs> Message. Right. You know what I'm saying? So so all that to say that that caused struggle because we're all believing that we're 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 one. Right. The Holy Spirit is right. here. Right. This is the faith. This one that has been delivered to us by these men and women and we're starting to find yo cats ain't as solid as we thought. The other thing too historically Historically speaking, cats started as they were trying to wrestle through the, the challenges they have in their faith. Going back to the question that we were asked is, 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 is heaven filled with Europeans? Fam, we started to read that Christian men and women were attending lynchings in the South like they would a basketball game or a cookout. <laughs> or a cookout. You literally watch, you can literally see pictures of folks eating. Hot dogs and celebrating at a, a in front of a grill while there are black people hanging from trees in the background. Yes, kids were being taken out of school early to actually be able to go to lynchings. Yes, this is a part of our reform tradition, fam. If you're a Southern Baptist, <laughs> this is a part of your tradition. Mm. And then you take it up north, right? Individuals that all oh, slavery is bad. We probably shouldn't be doing that. But still, in all these other other explicit ways, explicit and implicit ways, were were complicit, were, were they were involved in the maintaining of caste. Right. That they were still saw, saw themselves as superior to their African and uh, Native American brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So, 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 the confidence that we had and how we understood the church and what y'all were doing and the the revivals, right? The Great Awakening. Got the revivals being Great Awakening. Got people like Whitfield leading that mug, but then also maintaining slaves so it looked like the the revival yes. the great awakening came through and awakened everything but the fact that slavery was wrong it should be abolished hey, free smoke, free smoke, hey. what kind of great awakening what, is that what kind of revival and, and, is that and according to john john brown believed and this is part of the reason why i think that he has been been silenced in history john brown believed that america had no greater issue than slavery mm. he believed that he and that's why and he was a wealthy at one point he had some financial issues at the end because he was spending all of his money on trying to to free slaves. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was a wealthy man, a man of influence at one point. Right. There you have men and women seeing this for the issue that it is, believing men and women, willing to die for it, that are white. Right. As much as we're talking about the importance of us listening to black voices, there are mad white voices that were saying in the midst of it, y'all are sinning against God that what you're doing is the highest of offense. Right. 
not ever it still wasn't being felt. And then to think that in current day, the vestiges of that, the the the, the kind of the the reverberation of that would not be felt by some of our brothers and sisters is is mind blowing. Right. It's it's mind it's mind boggling. Right. What we can say without a shadow of a doubt, a lot of them, a lot, not a few, a lot of the people that named the name of Jesus in America all through slavery were not Christians, according to what the Bible says. Right. Now, listen, the secret things of the Lord are his. So maybe the Lord has some special grace that we don't know about that for some some for, for, for some stretch of the imagination there was just there was enough grace in there for there to, for them to be considered kingdom citizens but for, for what we understand and all the accounts of how people that that named the name of Jesus were treating other human beings right. we have no confidence in in, in to declaring them to be saints mm-hmm. we just we don't have not that they weren't we're just saying that we don't have the confidence to give them that according to what we understand with the Bible. And if y'all are going to be serious about slam dunking on the homosexuals for trying to take the scripture and make it say things they didn't say before, I need you to say the same thing about the text when it talks about love mm-hmm. because it makes it very clear you cannot hate another human being, even if that human being has done something wrong to you. How much more for a human being that's doing nothing but receiving your oppression? Right. You cannot hate them. And be a Christian. It's not possible. Mm. Deep. I mean deep. And what I'm saying, fam, is that a lot, there's a legacy to that hatred that is showing itself here. And cats were like, might like myself, what does this mean for the faith that I thought I accepted as mine? Right. And to bring this full circle back, number one, here's where deconstruction comes into play. Like we shared with that brother that night. Number one. Heaven is not overwhelmed with Europeans. <laughs> right. There are Europeans in heaven. They absolutely are. But God has been doing powerful works all over this world with and without Europeans. Okay? We've seen revival among black and brown countries before Europe existed. Amen. Think of the wisdom of how we of the book of Acts the only inspired account of missionary work we have, the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. the only inspired revival we have. When I mean inspired, I mean that we can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that this was the Holy Spirit bringing waves of people into the kingdom of God. And it is backed with the literal credential of God himself. Right. That's what we have in the book of Acts. Where did that happen, I mean? Where did that Mm -hmm. missionary journey happen? In the East. Yep, in the East. It was in the East through North Africa in to Europe. Right. Think about how God, the, the sequence of Acts 1-8 from Judea out to Samaria. Right. Okay? As far as we are, uh, th- that we know about the work of God is that it intentionally started in a place that was multi-ethnic, uh, uh, multinational. Right. Right? Right. Think about Acts 2 the, 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 the gathering in Jerusalem is filled with everybody right. po- in the, in the, in the inauguration everywhere. of the church. Yep. Amen. Everywhere, bro. This is the kingdom. And unless uh, John was seeing things incorrectly in Revelation, the throne will be surrounded by div- everyone from everywhere. Right. And, and we can trace that in Acts all the way through history. 
um, and, and and we in a lot of ways the good to excavate what has been lost and what we're not told about. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is. Uh, Europe isn't as Christian as you thought it was. Right. In addition to that, the world isn't as heathen as you think it is. Right. Absolutely. The, the gospel has been doing its perfect work all over the place, even when we aren't seeing it and we'll be able to revel in it for all eternity. However, and this is what I want to say to really bring this conversation to a close. But even in that confusion, Dear brother, dear sister, even in, which we didn't talk about here, but we're going to do an episode on church hurt and church abuse. Even through all of that, mm-hmm. what we wanted to say in our last episode as we considered in the 7-Eleven conversation that we had about Fanatic <laughs> is that what we have to return to is what God has done in our heart before any of this. When you feel far from God, it's like when you lose your keys. Trace your steps. And if you got to keep going back all the way until the day you were at your grandmother's house and you were listening to a Christian hip-hop CD and the heavens opened up and the Spirit of God indwelt your body and brought new life, a new nature, and started you on a new path. If that's how far you got to go back, so be it. But this is what the text says in Psalm 77, 11. I will remember the miracles of long ago. Amen. That's what keeps us through the confusion, through the non-essentials that become essentials and divide the church, we must remember what God has done in us and hold fast to that because that is what grounds us. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this has been Southside Rabbi. Yes, we love you, and we'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace. Keep it locked.